<laughs> All right. Kyle was being so funny. I was like, I want to press record. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was talking about how everyone else on the internet is down like 100 pounds. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I was just talking, well, you know, it was mostly in relation to wings because I feel like our, our fan group has kind of like lapped him two or three times. You know, in video games, like racing games, it, this was especially true back in the day before modern racing games. Mm -hmm. You'd like lap the, the field three or four times so it wasn't fun anymore. I yeah. remember on uh, Super Nintendo, uh, one of my dad's, I was four or five, and my parents wouldn't buy more Nintendo cartridges, but my dad had a guy who worked for him who was a grown-ass man who was super into, into Nintendo. So four-year-old me and 28-year-old <laughs> Dwayne Fricks would have these conversations when my dad drove him home from, uh, from painting or whatever. Like, yeah, man, I got that. Uh, I got, he had Zelda or the racing game or whatever, and he'd loan me his cartridges. And I just remember in the racing game, it was just like, I'm eight laps ahead of the whole field. It, it doesn't even, it's not even fun anymore. And I just feel like that's how the weight loss thing has gone, gone for, for wings. Cause like every time I, like, like I got a lot, I play a lot with fans now on, mm -hmm. uh, on Steam. And it seems like just from my sample group, which is relatively small, maybe a hundred individuals that I've had contact me or mm -hmm. I brush shoulders with, they're all like, yeah, I used to be a fat slob, but. You guys got me in the in the groove now. Now I'm now I'm feeling good. I'm drinking a gallon of water. I've lost, and it's always like it's never. I've lost eight pounds. No offense to anyone who like eight <laughs> pounds. We I, let me just qualify that we didn't need to lose fifty pounds. None of us did. Not even <laughs> fucking close to it. I didn't mean that to be a slight in any way. <laughs> uh -huh. What I'm saying is these aren't small time goals that these guys had these guys are dropping 50 pounds and they're like yeah 30 more to go and then i'm there and i'm like wow okay that, that's, that's incredible dedication that's, 80 yeah yeah for sure it's yeah. impressive I, I i am struggling right now and it's not through bad behavior really i am um, i've been fully honest all this thing i have been tempted in the past to take like if i lose two pounds in a week put one in my pocket and just whip it out next week in case oh, i don't lose one i like but that. i haven't done that uh the last two weeks in a row i lost two pounds so don't cheat yourself like that. You know what we need? <laughs> but, you know what we need? And maybe this is a show expense. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was just thinking of that office episode when they every every uh, they're trying to do the weight loss challenge on the office. Each office, each branch is competing with one another to lose the most collective weight. Mm -hmm. And so they all weigh each other uh, like repeatedly. And they have this scale they stand on like a like a like a warehouse scale and a big digital readout. It would almost be funny if we if we did that every week. <laughs> I don't know if that's an expense or, or what that would take, but it'd be really funny if we all if had we a like want a big warehouse. <laughs> Not a big warehouse one, but a scale with like a digital readout that I could be like, instead of like putting a camera at the floor and like looking at my hairy ass feet and everything, yeah. like I could be like, oh, I, I could put like a digital feet. monitor right here. <laughs> They're not that, but Chiz saw them and he was like, what is Woody talking about? And he like pulls his out and I'm like, whoa! Oh, man. <laughs> Chiz is ethnic. Whoa. He doesn't count. <laughs> you descended from the Yeti men of the north. <laughs> you, you beat me in... Uh, it might be the only body part, but in the foot hair game, you oh, have yeah. more foot hair than me. Mm. Get that in the shot yeah. there. It's and also, shot. just the way that you move your toes, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, is unsettling, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> the way that you like, you'll just be sitting there relaxing and like throw a leg up, and all of a sudden you're doing like a monkey's paw like yeah. movement with it. I, yeah. I, Far I, too much. Back on the, the weight loss thing. <laughs> I, Pretty extra. I, <laughs> I lost a pound on Friday. Right. So Friday and Saturday, I weighed in and I was 12 pounds down. And uh, I will say Saturday, I had two cheat meals, which sucks. I only wanted one, um, but I was uh, like not exactly camping. I slept in my truck that night. I was at this airfield and I didn't have any food. So I ate a restaurant food twice. I felt every every other week someone had brought food and I guess I depended on that and got fucked. So uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, I had I had two cheat meals on Saturday and I, I I've got that pound back and that sucks. And now it's Tuesday and I'm still only down 11 pounds when I was once 12. But I've been pretty disciplined. I, I, I've never missed a kettlebell workout. I got that going for me. Nice. I'm increasing reps and weight now like i've got some beginner gains i'm only in my third week but uh i'm not as sore as i used to be after a workout and i'm increasing my you know the amount of work i do i don't so, like that like 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 when i st like there's that period of uh, a ways in where it's like ah man I'm, i can't get sore anymore it's mm. hard to get sore i gotta really hurt myself to get sore now and because like the soreness is like my body's way of telling me i think when i feel sore i'm like that's an accomplishment. Like that is the reward in itself. Like my body is telling me I did good. 
when I when everything hurts and it's just, oh, I definitely did something the day before. I so wake up stops, every every single morning for the most part, except for Sundays. By Sundays, I'm pretty recovered because I get like the weekend break for the most part. Mm-hmm. But like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I wake up, or I guess Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I wake up and like it's just so much achiness in my upper body where I'll just be like, ah. Ah, like you have to like get up real quick or like stretch really hard and make like so I haven't hit that yet. Like I'm still feeling real fucking sore most of the time, but well, it's mostly in the morning. Your workout is much bigger than mine. I started way slower, which I thought was fair because I'm like twice your age. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely fair. <laughs> There's yeah. new rules when you're 44. Um, but now it's time to ramp it up, and I have so so that's a that's thing. good. Yeah, um, I've been keeping on with the workout. Good um, diet. I've been. You know, over the weekend, I obviously do some cheating when I'm hanging out with friends. But for the most part, I've been, you know, pretty on point. Like, I can tell when, like, a cheat day used to be like, oh, yeah, I'll just go out with friends. And then, like, who knows? Over the course of 10 hours, I'll eat three cheeseburgers and drink 10 beers or whatever. And that's like, oh, my God, that's like two days worth of calories right there. (laughs) And so now my cheat days are much, much smaller. Um, I'm not losing weight as quickly. I'm only down to 206 as of two days ago, Sunday, which is only one pound down from, I guess, three weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. But I can, I'm getting more comments from people that I'm meeting being like, are you, have you been lifting for a while? Like you're looking pretty big. And I was like, oh, so maybe it's just that I'm not losing weight as quick, but I can still see the, the, the body, the, the mass shifting from this disaster (laughs) up to like here, the shoulders, the arms, like the chest more, all that. And so, you know, as long as that kind of progress, I keep saying I'm, I'm feeling good. My poor friends have to deal with this. Hey, I lost 12 pounds. So they don't get to say like, hey, you look better. They're like, oh, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. No lie. Like, yeah, you definitely look thinner. <laughs> and I believe them because even though it's 11 now, because this is fuck up. But uh, uh, I believe I, I think that, it, you know, 11, 12 pounds, I do look thinner. I feel it, you know, if I brush myself or whatever. But uh, I'm, I feel like Thursday's the check in. That's the bigger show. So I'm hoping that I've lost that pound again by Thursday. We'll, we'll see what, what it weighs in. So. How about you, Kyle? You're, are you on the crash now? Or not quite a crash, you're like slimming? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I weighed yesterday, I was 184.3 pounds or some shit. Um, I'm not really focused on that, though. I, I, I'm going shopping probably tomorrow. And I think I'm gonna buy a lot of grilled chicken and uh, and rice and try to make like enough to try to do a little bit of meal prep. I'm not gonna do like 30 fucking meals, but I am gonna make like five pounds of grilled chicken and a pound or two of rice with sriracha and salsa and just put it in a bunch of uh, dishes so that I can just not think as much and uh, just good go idea. to that. Yeah. So but how much it, you cook anyway, and how much you enjoy making shit taste good? I bet you'll have fun trying to make it healthy and taste as good as possible. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, I watched some video. I, I don't even remember where I found it or the context now, but uh, I was watching the guy make uh, grilled chicken and rice with sriracha. And oh, it was that diabetic guy. It, there's a diabetic like a uh, like like lifter on uh, YouTube, and he shows this montage of him like like fueling, I guess, and and like and like you see him like like lift and eat, and then all of a sudden he's got a syringe out and he's shooting insulin. You're like, whoa, what is this? What am I watching? <laughs> and then I realized like I'm watching like the only diabetic power lifter or bodybuilder or something like that on, on the internet. And, uh, and he's always talking about like monitoring his insulin levels and he seems to be really in tune with it because of the diabetes. That sucks for him though, because usually when I think of diabetic, I think of someone who let themselves go too far, right? He's the, he's the guy he's a, who, who yeah. got he's type, diabetes. He's type 1 diabetes, You can not be type two. pretty fucked up and still not get diabetes, right? Like, no one in my family has diabetes. And, and, like, you know, they, all, all yeah, of us have slipped his. at one point or another. We didn't get diabetes out of it. But this poor guy has diabetes and he's really fit. Nah. Fuck. Yeah, it sucks. Because, like, like di- type 1 diabetes you're just born with. If I if maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's a, someone with the beatus out there who can correct me. Not about but to correct you. <laughs> type one, I'm pretty sure you're born with, uh-huh. and that's the one where like you're pin pricking, like because mm-hmm. uh, I know someone who has to do that, and they're they're thin, like they they run and do that kind of shit. They just have to always be keeping track of it. Type two is when you gain it because you overate so much, or I guess is that it? 
I don't. I, think I, I just I, thought the type was the severity, but I'm not confident. I, I to did say as well. I thought the type was the severity, and and I'm not an expert or anything, but I, but I always just in my head it was that type one um, required insulin maintenance to even fucking live, or they were gonna like you know they, their insulin levels are, are just bottoming out, or they're gonna fucking die, I guess, or or the opposite sometimes, and they're they're monitoring their 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 levels and shooting up with insulin uh, pretty regularly. And this guy even talks about his different shots. I guess he's got one shot that's like short-term fix and one time that's like a one shot that's like a like a all-day kind of mellowing out the insulin levels kind of thing so it was interesting not because he was a diabetic so much but because because of his diabetes he was in tune with a lot of stuff in his body and uh and that seemed to be helping him with his gains and stuff he was a big big scary guy Taylor, right, 90, it up. are you right yeah yeah so type 1 diabetes uh accounts for five to ten out of a hundred who have diabetes Wow. Uh, in type 1 diabetes, the body's immune system destroys the cells that release insulin, eventually eliminating insulin production from the body. Without insulin, cells cannot absorb sugar, glucose, which they need to produce energy. So that's the one Kyle was talking about where you say that you'll die if you don't get it. Type 2 diabetes can develop at any age. It is most commonly it most commonly becomes apparent during adulthood. Uh, type 2 diabetes is rising in children. Type 2 diabetes hmm. accounts for the vast majority of people who have diabetes, 90 to 95 out of 100. In type 2 diabetes, the body isn't able to use insulin the right way. This is called insulin resistance. Uh, they didn't even mention di- obesity yet? Yeah. Come on, bro. They, we did, all know they didn't mention the fact that you earn type 2 <laughs> diabetes. Like type 1 is like yeah. a fucking meteorite hitting you or something. You couldn't do shit about that. Type 2 is like you signed up to be an astronaut. You saw the meteorite coming and you're like, I bet it tastes good. <laughs> See, that's it, like it, you fucking earned that. Yeah, you basically turn your, your cells into global warming <laughs> like uh, deniers to where yeah. like you, you pump so much food in there that eventually like the prophets are out there like, do not believe this false food coming <laughs> into our realm. We all know that could never, there could not possibly be more. There, there is cannot no, be more. That much sugar does not. It, yeah. You have your eighth milkshake for the day, and your body's like, that much sugar doesn't even exist. Yeah. It can't be real. Our sensors <laughs> are wrong. Turn it off. And then you die. And that's, that, that's what those people do to their bodies. But you can turn it around again. That's the great thing about our yeah. bodies. My grandmother, um, when she was maybe, I don't know, 60, she was like, ah, I have diabetes. And if I want to carry on like loving my grandchildren, no more Coca Cola. Because I remember like when I was five years old, that fridge was stocked with cans of Coca-Cola. I was going to make and a joke that type 2 diabetes was linked to the size of soft drinks in America, but I couldn't get the timing right. It oh, absolutely it is. is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 totally. Well, not just the soft drinks, but everything sugary that we yeah, put into yeah. our bodies from the, from the time we're one. Was, you ever see a mom put a bottle of juice in her baby's mouth? Like, like I look down on that almost as harshly as I do a mother, a pregnant woman smoking. When you stick that <laughs> bottle of apple juice in your kid's <laughs> mouth, that bottle of sugar water to shut the kid up because you can't nurture it, you don't have enough fucking time to be like, oh, let me let me cajole you, little one. I love the most precious thing in the world. No, you're like, sugar. You mean, you mean nurture like you don't Kyle have the time to breastfeed or nurture kind of like... Person. Someone with no kids and never will have kids. I, because <laughs> of what I just about said, parenting because skills. my standards are so high for <laughs> child care, I know I could never reach them. I know better than to have the children because I could not live up to my own lofty goals for child care. <laughs> I couldn't do it, and so I don't even try. If, if a few million more people had the same kind of self-control that old Kyle has the here, we have a lot, fewer, uh, lot less childhood diet. They're, they're all in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all in Japan. 40%. Of, I'm not talking about like, being a virgin for the rest of your life. I'm talking about not having a fucking kid if you're not really, really down to have a kid. Like People are like, eh, it's just what you do. I've heard so many guys my age, be, I, they'll be like, yeah, so she's pregnant. And I'll be like, whoo, what now? <laughs> What is, what's going through your mind, man? Because I feel like it's like a cancer diagnosis to me. Like if I heard, I, if they were like, "Yeah, you have, you have cancer. You have maybe three years." I'd be like, God damn, that that's the same way I'd feel if they were like, "You have a son. He's three. You know, I, I feel the exact same way. And so I'm, I ask these guys, I'm like, "What? What are you feeling? What are you thinking?" He's like, "Well, you know, I guess that's just what you do. You know, ha- bound to happen sometime. I guess I like being a daddy." And it's like, "No, no, no. You don't just." Go into this lightly. This is the biggest responsibility you can fucking take on. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's gonna be the CEO of a like multi a global corporation. Maybe you're gonna be the president of the United States. Then it's father. You chose to be responsible for the upbringing of another human being. There's nothing more more precious or important to to, to the globe and to your family. Yeah, there's and a lot of pressure. Uh, so I, big. A and they, of mine like has that. 
four kids, four kids, right? And the youngest one is like nine years younger than the other three. And I'm like, motherfucker, you couldn't pull out of a driveway. Took him three days to get that joke. (laughs) 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 He's like, I get it. Pull out. Yeah, yeah. As as a (laughs) non-parent, I've always wondered, like, because you know that, like, parents do stuff for their kids that they then realize later, like, oh, man, I was really fucking him up right there, wasn't I? Damn. I've always wondered what those are in the minds of parents and what the thing is. No, no, I'm not saying in real time. I'm saying... I think a lot of parents have retrospect where they're like, oh, explaining uh, sex to them that way or something like that wasn't good. Rose-colored glasses. I guarantee that's not true because whenever you go back to like a parent, like I've done this, like like, it's not like there were big things that I was like, why did you do this? But like you like mentioned something, they're like, oh, I never even thought about that. I I guarantee they don't they don't consider it. And and hindsight's 2020 and rose-colored glasses and all of that mess. you're not going to get these people to admit fault. I wonder, I, 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 I almost want to... Have, have, we all have parents here. Yeah, have yeah. any of us yeah. gone to our parent and like brought up a past thing they did when clearly they were in the wrong? Yes. And the parent was like, oh man, I was in the wrong the whole time. Yeah. I wish I'd listened to 17-year-old you. No. Nah, that a, shit don't happen. I got an Even example. When it's, Let me joke. Like, so... My grades were terrible. I made a video about this just recently. It's been bombarding my subs with the same fucking story. But my grades are terrible. And my father's motivation technique was basically saying you have no future. Like nothing. You guys didn't watch my last video, right? The Woody story. No. Okay, good. I haven't seen it. Fine. So um, my father's motivation to get me to do it well was basically saying you have no future. He broke out like a yellow legal pad. And started like telling me how much I'd make without uh, without any education or you know doing poorly in high school, and then um, he would like detail all my expenses. And he's like, "Television, you can't afford television, and no woman will want you." And he just like laid out the most horrific future that a teenage boy can uh, imagine, right? Just broke in a ghetto with no television and no girl, and uh, and just working all the time. And no were you gonna become black? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, was that the mark of Cain was going to be thrown down upon you? If you so, didn't fucking shape I took up? that piece of information, like in the Bible stuff, and decided, <laughs> "Fuck this! I'll kill myself." Like that was my reaction to this, and uh, um, and I tried. Well, it's kind of just unspoken in my family. Like I know they've watched the videos. I know they, you know they 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 know the score. But they never come back and say, like, you know what? Perhaps that wasn't the best motivation technique. Maybe we should have sat next to you while you did your homework and pulled your grades up like we did with my daughter. No, no, no. They don't even do that. <laughs> no, they don't no. even think about it. There's no <laughs> introspective there. Like, I ha- like, I'm constantly thinking, like, back 10, 15, 20 years ago to childhood, to the, things, the way I handled things. And I'll, I'll, I'll like, introspectively examine these things from my point of view and his point of view and her point of view and, like, a, 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 a omniscient cloud person's point of view and try to get to the bottom of it like why did this happen why did i do that was that selfishness was what was inside of me driving me to say those things then that was cruel why but i'm not a cruel person why did i say that cruel thing to that person and i get to the bottom of it and usually it's some kind of weakness inside of myself some sort of uh selfishness or or uh, or or whatever what whatever one of the seven deadly sins you know like like coming into play and i'm like ah got to work on that in the future. I should not act like that in the future. That's not the me I want to be. That's not the me I want to portray. There are people who interacted with me when I did that, and they have a viewpoint of me now that is in cement, and I can't fix that, but what I can do is going forward, not do that to anyone else and, and, and be a better person. Most people don't do that, and parents especially don't do that. Taylor, did your parents have to sit next to you to get you to do homework ever? No. Uh, I was... Um, I was always pretty good with getting school shit done because I'm naturally, I have so much stress and guilt. I'm very high, high strung with that kind of stuff naturally that like if I ever like even in college and shit or even high school where I'd have friends over for like study parties or whatever. And in their head, it's like, oh, we're just going to go over there and eventually, you know, end up drinking or something fun, you know. And I in my head be like, well, no, no, we got to get this done. Like if we don't do this, we're going to have to lay in bed later and feel feel guilty about it. Right. No, what? nobody else. No, I guess not. All right, let's drink. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> my daughter was a perfectionist, and I had to like actively work with her and coach her to be a little more of a fuck up, right? Because she would spend like like okay, eighty vocabulary words, right? So you have mm-hmm. to like write the word, then write what it means, and and do that. And it's like, oh my god, 
You're getting done like three minutes a word. This is ridiculous. You should be doing five words a minute on this stuff, right? Just like yeah. freaking. It's a different it kind of like, yeah. it's a different thing in your brain Dude, when, like, when you're flashcards of vocabulary. I decided words. to type this one out for you. That's a copy paste move right there. Get your shit done and move the fuck on. You know, like you can do this with way less. Her driving hours, right? Like, oh, I can't possibly take my test. I have, you know, to get all this practice in, etc. None of your friends are doing that. None of them. Like, dude, just fill it out. Her, her hours for National Honor Society. I know this one came naturally to Taylor because he had a story, right? I'm just like, call Uncle Greg. He's, you know, morally suspect. He'll fill out whatever the fuck we need. And then when his kids get in the National Honor Society... I'll be there for him. Woodworth Enterprises, LLC, baby. I like where they volunteer. (laughs) This is important. And this is an important part of upbringing, I think, with Mm -hmm. children, is teaching them that, look, the world out there isn't fair. And if you ever get a little bit of a shortcut and it's not going to send you to prison, just fucking take the shortcut. If there's an easy way, a right way and a wrong way, sometimes the easy way is the way to go. I remember, like, my dad got some change back once. I don't remember where. From some purchase and he was like ah they gave me forty dollars too much and i was like what are you going to do he's like well that's their job i i'm going to leave with my forty dollars <laughs> he's like i have forty dollars now he's like that's on them you don't correct their mistake that's that's on them and i was like oh okay and that that's sort of a little tougher for me but i will nah, say that's, that's, that's life, how i operate so you know even if you take away the, the shortcut thing right like putting first things first is essential oh, yeah. you know you, you've got to do the most important things before the little numbskull dumbass things and when you have a task like whatever national honor society volunteer and i should note her school was stupid about it they wanted national honor society to be more prestigious than it is otherwise so they made them do like a hundred volunteer hours when 20 was normal at other schools and i'm just like oh fuck that not not in this family like you did- i think it's because they know that none of these kids are doing <laughs> this job and so it's like well if all the other schools are having them fake 20 why don't we have them fake 100 you know <laughs> like <laughs> dude the first year she did it the first year she volunteered it all oh my god it's like a summer job for no pay. That's not for no how we pay. work. And uh, no. anyway, there you go again. Very capitalist at my household. Mm-hmm. It was that's you know it was it was like all right, this one too. I mean you know you th- these are the important these are the foundations of life right like <laughs> like take uh, but 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 that one that, that I was talking about a minute ago, like like take what you're given you know like 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 if if you're given an edge anywhere in life that's. I've returned but, money before because I, I tell you what, back. I'll fuss in the other direction. If they short me, if I'm, oh, if I'm yeah. due 60 and they give me 20, I'll say, hey, this isn't right. So if I'm due 60 and they give me 100, I'll say, hey, this isn't right, too. But um, yeah, mm, I've definitely see, I, done that. I've done that at, at, I don't know. Yeah, it must have been a blues game where I bought a beer and I was due like $5 back in change. And they gave me a 10 instead and just was like, hey, I, actually, you should give me a five because uh, I see, just gave different. you 10. And then see, you gave different. me 10 back, which is like you gave me a free beer. And like afterward, you get a feeling of like, because it's only $5 that you sacrifice. So it doesn't fucking matter in the scale of things. But you get the feeling of being like Christ standing on the mount, being like handing out loaves and fishes, being oh, very like, look at this guy. Look at how, how you know, compassionate he is. Like, I, he's not keeping an extra five. I, I do have another you know. example. Like I went to Home Depot and I bought a bunch of nuts and bolts. And for my own tracking purposes... I put them together like, all right, every bolt's going to need like two flat washers, one lock washer and a nut. So I, you know, as I did, I assembled them. And then it wasn't until I got home that I realized like they totally charged me in quick. Like they, they billed me for all the bolts as if yeah. it came with nuts and washers. Came with nuts and washers. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not going back. Fuck that. No, I, <laughs> I've know? had dozens. <laughs> no. There's a level of effort where it's like you wouldn't <laughs> drive back. But in the moment, had you noticed, you would have went, hey, I'll pay the extra $16 for the rest of these little bits of metal. Yeah, yeah. But- I see, th- this level of retail, like, voluntary hon- honesty is just something that I'm not into at all. I feel like it's on <laughs> that guy operating that cash machine. That is his profession. And I will, of course, count my change to make sure that I have been duly paid. But he in the same regard, has to do the same for himself. It's like when I pay someone cash for something, I always say, count it. And they'll be like, oh, no, no, I trust you. And I'm like, that's not why I ask you to count it. <laughs> like, I don't care if you fucking trust me. Count it in front of me, yeah. and then tomorrow, there, will, there can be no dispute. There's no way you can come back tomorrow and be like, ah, I think it was $195. Like, like, no, let's count it right fucking now. Like, get this over with 100,000%. Yep. It'll be over. 
count it. That's always and, the way and, to do it. And so when I met the cash register at Home Depot, and I mentioned Home Depot because I ripped them off for a, a hot water heater not so long ago, or wherever, <laughs> um, you know, like, like $180 or something. Um, they, uh, you know, it's, it's your fucking job to count that money, to like check everything, to make sure this transaction is going right, because I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm going to come here and I'm going to put my things that I want on the counter and you'll tell me how much money you'd like in return for them. And it, I'll give you that money. And if anything goes wrong, that's on you. Yep. I'm leaving with my stuff. <laughs> I'm yeah. leaving with that. I'm going to give you as much money as you ask. And I'm going to take as much stuff as I put on the counter. And at the end, if you get shorted, then that's on you. Taylor, that was I your have job. This, oh. I was going to change how Taylor, this will surprise you. You're going to be knocked off your feet. My pool running behind schedule. Oh, no, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's uh, that goes with what? How many pools did my parents put in through the years? Like seven. Uh So this is eight eighths of the pools I've (laughs) been uh, tangentially related to have been behind schedule. (laughs) Have uh, have there been unforeseen excuses? Uh, well, I mean, it's not like you can ask them to predict that some days it might rain, right? They're like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what their planning is. They're just like, there's never a rain day. So especially with concrete, like it's a non-starter. You don't put concrete down in the mud. And apparently you don't put concrete down while it's raining. I'm not a concrete guy, but that's what they say. So, uh, uh, you know, they'll just like, that's the next thing that we're doing. And yeah, they're just like, oh, you know, two weeks out, but you, man, you wouldn't believe it. It rained uh, last week, and now we're, we're a day behind. And it's, again, it's going to rain this week, so we'll probably be, you know, two days behind after that. And it's like, really? Like, are you new to Earth? Like, it rains now and then? Yeah. Can we not I feel like they, the way that they do that sometimes, like contractors in particular, whether or not it's for a pool, they mm-hmm. see like a rain day. Like, they'll like look at the schedule and be like, Wednesday, it's got like 30% chance of rain. Well... <laughs> Just to be safe for the quality of my worksmanship, I'm gonna I'm gonna not do anything that day. I'm not gonna roll the dice. It's like almost like they they really enjoy the thought of rain <laughs> and elements as a way to to extend the get a little weekend in the middle of the week. I I don't know. I noticed that because it seemed well like, with concrete. Like it's, it's fucking Missouri. It rains all the time. You should have known this. Like you, you take a two day uh, window and get it done. Yeah, like there's lots I, of two day windows where it doesn't rain all over the country. I I like. Yeah, I, I, this well, not this project, but another thing. I don't know if it was my stable or something, but um, they're like, "Oh my God, it's rained so much this month," and I'm like, "Yeah, April showers. Who would have known?" You know, like, <laughs> how many? Uh, <laughs> is there a saying about it? <laughs> you don't know how many yards of concrete it is, do you? It's a. I don't know, but I know it's a lot. Um, how big is the pool itself? The like dimensions of it. I uh, I know that it it's about twenty four thousand gallons. And it's ah, of course. Yeah, I can picture that clearly. Like clearly, <laughs> boom. Oh, that's all you need to hear. It's a lagoon shape, which is like a cock and balls kind of shape. And uh, um, I, I want to say it's like thirty-seven feet from like the scrotum to the tip of the dick, and the width is maybe twenty-two-ish. But these are going off the top of my head. That's a good-sized pool. And so you've got it set up so you're gonna have like the long deep end part and then you'll have the bigger shallow end part where you can like put up exactly. games the and shit like that is the shallow part and which apparently is where the fun is had and it's why we changed the, the shape of the pool right like we wanted a deep end but we didn't want the deep end to like really overtake the you know yeah, yeah. all you do in the deep all the deep end is good for if you ask me is obviously diving that's mm-hmm. the main yeah. thing but I, and I like to throw, I like to throw like a handful of pennies in there. Yeah, uh, and, and we're gonna have a waterfall that pours into the deep end, so you can like jump on that. It's made out of like big rocks and stuff. Dude, so. it's so much Greased fun. Greased watermelon. Take... <laughs> <laughs> know, what is that? We would take. Uh, my... So you throw a greased watermelon in the pool, and nobody can grab it. You know, everybody's really? trying to grab it. Nobody can yeah. grab it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your kids will love that. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, we we would all. My dad always had. I'm see uh, if that's a real thing. I don't after trust every you tra- Oh, it totally is. After every transaction, it's from. It's always sunny. From every transaction, no. dad would always keep, throw his change in the same uh, jar, and I, I, he'd cash the change in like every couple years, and it'd be so, it'd be a fucking ordeal. I can remember. But anyway, like w- before we went in the pool, we'd always go in there and just. Get a big fucking handful of change and just cast it out over the deep end, and you know, like. You know, three of us would dive down at the same time, and whoever can come up with the most money wins. And we then you throw too. the money back out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had um, my my grandfather who preferred to be called uncle. He was, a, <laughs> and uh, my so my uncle Shirley used to he'd bring he, like he'd know we were coming over, and you have a roll of quarters, 
So like every quarter was brand new and shiny, and every coin was an actual quarter, which were like the mother load on yes. most diving expeditions. Yeah. This is like all mother load, double XP weekend, coins yeah. in the pool, and, and it was a real joy for us. Oh yeah, that sounds <laughs> nice. Cause like I said, I just we just reached into that coffee can of coins. Sometimes mm -hmm. there'd be lint or like a Canadian nickel or something. <laughs> yeah. or a, there'd lint. always be bullet cartridges mixed in there. <laughs> One of those horseshit Mexican coins with a hole in it. Dude, it's so funny when <laughs> like, I can remember Parkway like tokens. we did it about three times in my entire childhood. It was like, hey, we got like eight. Coffee cans full of quarters. Let's get rid of these. <laughs> and there would be a rolling of the change. And I just remember being as a kid being in there like like doing this. Me and my mom and my sister like rolling up daddy's change. And 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 I just remember how my hands would stink of pennies after like two hours of doing this uh, shit. <laughs> I, I had a um like to call it three, four months ago. My father <laughs> never got along with his mother-in-law. And I always wondered why, like what the was around that and uh my father you know he said things that didn't seem to be true like oh, i didn't like the way she treated the kids i was a kid she treated us great we went to her pool she always had snacks and drinks and stuff and um she wasn't naturally loving like she wasn't the sort that would like get down on the carpet and do kid shit but um you know she had toys to hand out and it was her pool and and she just seemed to like having us around even if it was more as like lawn ornaments that she enjoyed watching yeah so uh, I found out recently, like, what the scoop was. And apparently she, she used to, like, make little negs at my father on, on, like, his lack of success. My father's very successful. But her son was always, like, gonna pass him. You know, like, like oh, yeah, this guy's studying engineering and you're just an accountant. Just saying, you know, like he's going to be this and you're one of these. And Who are these toxic people? Right? <laughs> I've never met them. I've never met one of these toxic people like uh. this who say these incredibly rude things because I would not tolerate. I'm going to tell you one second. I don't care. <laughs> My There is not a family member I have who could talk to me that way without getting a fuck. I would come unglued. I'd be like, you cunt. I'll whip your old ass. I'm a grown man. and I'll beat you up, you old <laughs> I beat you up. No one will believe it. <laughs> the future is here, and it's me. I, in the house of cards. All of a sudden, Granny took a fall. I'll yeah. fuck you up, bitch. Don't fuck <laughs> me like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess, like, they, my mother had a lot of examples, but, like, just little things that she would say to kind of put him down in comparison to her own son uh, throughout my, like, my first 20 years. She'd I thought that only existed in sitcoms. Like, 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 like you know, you, um, everybody loves Raymond, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Raymond's parent, Raymond's mother is always undercutting his wife like, about her cooking or her status as a wife. Like, she's a bad wife. She's a bad mother. She's bad at everything. Oh, you did it that way. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, I, I thought that was only going through this. His mom is the bad one. So my friend's mom, my friend's a guy. And, uh, <laughs> Just to be clear, I don't know. And, and, but he really aspires to move like back home. Like he, I, I don't want to, I want, what's that? Is he Italian? No, he's not. Uh, he's, I'm trying not to like, you know, let, ever out him. But, uh, <laughs> what's that? You should have said, yes, he's Italian. Yes. That's, he's that's as Italian true. as it gets. Yeah, right. Ah, mamma mia. <laughs> oh, my good friend Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, his parents came to visit. And uh, they, like, they just undercut his wife the whole time. And for whatever reason, like, the way that he's, his relationship with his parents goes, that he, he didn't feel like he could just like, put his foot down and say, Mom, this horse shit's got to stop. And uh, it pretty much canceled his plans of moving back home. Like, he just feels like his family dynamic wouldn't be successful if they had more exposure to his mom. Well, I, I, I'm a bit curious, and it's your friend and everything. Why did he see that as a good thing? Like, like why is he like, oh, yeah. Why did he want to go home, I guess, is my question. Yeah, uh, I, he has a, he inherited 80 acres of beautiful land. And I think, like, part of the dream is to, you know, build a home on that acreage and have uh, okay. his sort of homestead. When I heard move home, I'm picturing, like, move back into, like, a subdivision with his 68-year-old mother and father. Mm-mm. Move into the, the town that he was raised in. Ah, that's totally different. Where, okay, I understand. You know, his family, I, and, and maybe something similar exists where you're from, because it doesn't really hear of it. His family is, like, 
something's beeping at me. Like a royalty almost. Like, like you know, like I think in farming communities this happens. Like, you know, oh, yeah, the Johnsons, they've got that giant acreage oh, yeah. over here. Uh, well, you become a pillar of the community, not just yeah. in stat social status, but financially. Like, like there are farmers here. There's a, a family. Uh, it's two brothers who are maybe 65 and 70 and one of their sons. And they own tens of thousands of acres of uh, and it's not just like i know i know that guy in texas who owns twenty thousand acres right but it's just desert for the most part i mean there's water and there's animals but it's he's not growing corn out there these guys grow, have tens of thousands of acres of corn and wheat and soybeans and yeah like their tax contributions just to the county is probably what's like making the high school get its new walls and shit like that yeah. you know they're, they're propping the whole community out so that that's probably a more extreme example but he's that to a lesser extent and that 80 acres he got was an inheritance split amongst like a bunch of kids and such so uh you know he, he i think he that's his home but yeah and, so, and, I, and I was like so how old's mom and he's like, <laughs> she's going to live till 95. She's spry. <laughs> yeah. She's almost spry. <laughs> he knew where I was going. <laughs> you know? Well, there's a lot of longevity in the family. Uh, <laughs> it's so uh, sad. Yeah. <laughs> Bad news. I wonder if that, that's an interesting thing. Like, like, like if you're in a family where you're like, uh, here's a perfect example. The royal family of England, right? Mm -hmm. you, got the, you got Prince Charles over there, right? He has... I'm not an expert in this. I think he's been in line to be the king for his entire fucking life, virtually. Mm -hmm. And his mo his mother, the queen, <laughs> who who drove a truck in World War II, she's 191 now, is still hanging around. Like they just had her like 70th like year of is being the queen. Yeah, yeah, she's like yeah something like that, 90 something, because she's been the queen for over 70 she's years Walter now. She's Walter Fraying this shit. Like her she's kids totally. are going to be senior citizens when they Fucking get their chance. Char Charles is a senior citizen. Is Charles is old as shit now. Uh, I'll Google uh, it. Charles, uh, Elizabeth is ninety-one. Charles is sixty-eight. He there is you go, literally yeah. a senior citizen. A pensioner. Yeah, like, pensioner. Like, that's what they call him there, and I find that a bit like. Um, insulting right to call someone a pensioner it seems like you're reducing them down to the fact that they collect what i'm assuming is like their social security check there that'd be like if you called old people social securityers or yeah, social security leeches, leeches. Or there's an yeah. implied like incapable of being productive in pensioner right that too yeah. like, like you could be a, like like here there and, and i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing there's plenty of people collecting social security but still like working jobs and and you know earning a living one way or another and being productive, but the when you call someone a pensioner, I really picture a really, and I hear it often in crimes. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, uh, a pensioner was beaten mercilessly with canes by by hooligans in the alley, and and he's forgiven them." And it's like, shouldn't Jesus. the caned by hooligans? Yeah, it seems like the pensioners should have beaten the hooligans. <laughs> what is this, clockwork with canes? orange? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who has the canes here? What? They took what? his cane away and whooped him with it. Ah, see that's <laughs> insult to injury. <laughs> oh man, that's one of the darkest scenes of any movie. I like it's hard to think of a scene that's more macabre and dark than that scene where singing in the rain. Yeah, they beat that elderly man with his cane. The They're wearing like the Whack. white jumpsuits that are so. Just disparate and, from what's happening there. And it was pre-planned, and that to me adds part of it. They're like, you know what? Let, let, let's go out tonight for some extreme violence. That's my British ultra accent. Violence. Ultra, ultra <laughs> violence. Ultra violence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they'll all dress up. <laughs> I heard like, that. I was like, what's ultra violence? Yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with violence, but ultra violence, the fuck? And and sure enough, like, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to to watch. They're so brutal. Fan, but that's not. I don't enjoy that one. I, and mm. I've watched like two or three things that like dissect that and talk about the the hidden meanings and stuff. And and I and, and I absorbed all that at the time. But still, hey, I, I don't care for it. I, I don't care for uh, watching all the violence, the ultra violence. And I don't. I don't really, really? care for his character either. Even when his off time, um, that one didn't do it for me. I like almost everything Stanley Kubrick's done, but the, not that one. That. I, I, that's it's one of my favorite Stanley Kubrick movies because it's so fucking weird, off-putting. I admire a movie's ability to move me. I was cured. And that movement right. doesn't have to be positive. You know, the one I brought out a bunch of times and I mean, is uh, Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson, Robert Redford, the cheating movie, Indecent, Indecent Proposal. Yeah, 
uh, indecent proposal. And I'm going to spoil it because it's like a 30 year old movie. But at the very end, uh, <laughs> it, basically, Demi and Woody married. Uh, they agree as a couple that she can sleep with Robert Redford for a million dollars. And then she falls for Robert Redford and uh, decides to stay with him. I think she genuinely loves the guy, but also loves his money. Robert Redford, in some way, decides that he doesn't want this, gives her back to Woody, and there they are holding hands with their unique wedding rings at the very end of the film. Anyway, I'm like, no, no, this thing's still scarred. There is, this isn't like a happily ever after ending. That thing that happened during the movie didn't get undone. You know, like it, he couldn't live with it. I remember Woody Harrelson couldn't live with it. He agreed to it. It wasn't like she cheated because she had permission. But he was like, you know, I think he's like, did you like it? Did you like it? I got to know. Did you like it? He wanted to know what positions I think. And he wanted to know if she orgasmed. And like it was just burning in his head. He, he started treating her meanly. He, he couldn't deal with it. And uh, um, is this and, a movie you recommend? I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I'm impressed with the movie's ability to move me. At the end, I was upset. At the end, it was like, that's, that's not okay, but I care. And for that, I give you kudos. So, yeah. You know something great that I just started watching? I know you guys are ahead of me on it. Um, I'm only on episode four, I think, but Fargo. I'm now watching it. Are you guys all on set? How many are out? I think I, uh, I'm current on Fargo. Yeah, I... I I'm I'm current the they had a bye week last week and uh, and, uh, all the shows did I I guess and and so this whole time I keep refreshing like all of my shows like like what the fuck is the next Better Call Saul (laughs) God damn it it's been it's been nine days or something like that it seems like Memorial Weekend was their bye week so there there might be out and you don't know it well I think they come out on like Monday or Tuesday or something so like tonight or maybe it's available now because I watch it on the app but in any case I I, I'm uh, fairly up to date. Really love Fargo, of course. Uh, it, it's uh, Ewan McGregor's killing it. Uh, love the the dual roles for as long as that lasts. The um, yeah, he's killing it. Like I, I have never like watched Ewan McGregor in a movie and been like really like oh, this is one of my favorite actors. Like, I, yeah, like that. I, I was like, okay, he looks incredible in that movie next to fucking Hayden Christensen. That you know. Roadwork pylon. Train spotting was good. Sandy. Train spotting was very good too. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. That that was that a movie's sad just because, I mean yeah. that oh There's that baby scene too, right? I don't think I saw yeah. it. I haven't seen the second one. Yeah, but with Fargo anyway, that um, I just I think it was last episode that the bulimia scene happened, and you even informed me, Kyle. Like, there's a guy in the show with nasty ass baked bean teeth. <laughs> That you wonder why he's fucked up, and you just assume that it's because he's British the whole time, and then you see him gorge himself, and then just go right into the bathroom and start vomiting it up. And it was, uh, I don't know, that almost that like caught me off guard, even though you told me it was gonna happen, because it's just not something you ever see, especially a man. You never see is, men with an eating disorder. Is Fargo moving a films. little slowly for you? Because and and I do occasionally appreciate a slow burn. I like Tomahawk, Bone Tomahawk, but I. I Sometimes I just feel like, gosh, you know, you guys take forever to tell your story. I don't think uh, I've watched quite enough yet to know mm. how slow it is. Since I'm all, I think I've, I'm either finishing episode four or like in the middle oh, of episode then four. Then you sat through the animated one. Uh, the, the one where it's like has animated clips every yes. here and there. I kind of like, I liked that because I was trying to understand because it was obviously the book that she was reading about, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 robot and everything so i think it's robot i don't know it is uh the robot that, <laughs> that she was working with but i don't know i i've liked it a lot so far you and mcgregor's keeping me in it um mm. the guy uh mac mac was in it i saw yeah. his episode i was hoping more what? i was hoping more and more <laughs> that he was going to start saying more and being like a bigger character but all of his yeah. lines were just he was so such a douche <laughs> such an yeah. insufferable fucking douche to that lady right. and i don't I don't like this lady cop nearly as much as the previous season's lady cop. Uh, Previous season, both previous season's cops were way funnier. Uh, Especially, you know, season two. Uh, Or wait, no, season one. Season two was Kirsten Dunst, who was very funny, with uh, poor man Ben Affleck. Not Ben Affleck, poor man uh, Matt Damon with the red hair. Yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. 
I, uh, no. the, lady Breaking cops, Bad. the lady cop's boss, completely hateable. Oh my gosh. Every time he says anything, ah. he's just a bigger knuckle dragging meathead. You know what you get with your mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. Oh. He's just a, yeah, he's just a real dummy. You know, he's, he's got that uh, he's, he's a rack war veteran or something like that. Do you and, recognize the actor? Nucky Thompson's brother. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, he's, it, it, if, if you've ever managed staff before, like, oh my God, support your people at least a little. Like, give them a chance. Don't just disregard every idea as stupid because it's not yours, fucking jackass. I, uh, well, I, I think he doesn't like, want her subverting his power, right? He's coming in, and, and there's, a, there's literally a power struggle between the two of them, and he cannot be seen as, like, even taking any shit from her. He's, he, I guess <laughs> I, it, they, they, they gave him a good motivating factor for being such a one-dimensional dick, I think, at, at least. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I, I think he could show her some respect and still maintain authority i i think i could he do doesn't that. think she's done anything he's an iraq war veteran he's he's been and done shit they're in this small sleepy town which he thinks is below him clearly he's got this uh this up jumped female cop who's never done anything telling him what's what's going on and he clearly creating a huge mountain of work for him to do when he sees none when, when he doesn't see evidence. it like, i think hey, conspiracy this happened that happened <laughs> these bleed bleed me to think that they're related and he's just like dismissing everything she said obviously See, it's I, easy I, to believe I, I her evidence when we sat there and watched it actually happen but from the outside looking in it's like you believe that there is a conspiracy involving the billboard king of minnesota and his brother tried to kill him but the assassin went to the wrong house and killed an old man and oh, that yeah. old man just and it's happens, parking lot by the way that old man just happens <laughs> to be your father-in-law so so this seems like a huge coincidence a real scoop for you just in the nick of time when you need this to hang on to power eh? i he, he totally thinks she's trying to take his I, job i understand i liked or the chief should have taken the the complaints a little more seriously like oh, we should yeah you go ahead and investigate that but i did like how he called her on shit in their first meeting where they were having their little power struggle and he's like where are your computers where where are the computers and everything? He goes, oh, former chief didn't care much for computers, so we just telefax people things. He's like, telefax? Do you, do you, know, what, do you know what year it is? <laughs> like, nobody uses telefax. She's like, well, I suppose that's why nobody writes me back much. Huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like that. So I understood him get her bitching out there because he was like, I'm going to pretend like you didn't just talk to me like an emotional teenage girl. Uh, and you must have just forgotten for a moment that I'm your new superior. And I was like, okay, so maybe this... Profession, the professionalism is going to get ramped up a bit. They're going to get a couple PCs in the mix, you know. And then there was that whole episode where it was like she was like doing the whole gumshoe routine of like you know looking around for clues like a 1946 uh, detective. And then at the end of it, she gets back and someone's like, "Yeah, we we just decided to run the prints right through one of those fancy majiggers and then out popped this right there." It was like, "Oh, wouldn't you see?" Well, maybe he is onto something, the new chief. And it's like, yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he is. And we could have not gone through that whole episode. Of I, um, <laughs> yeah, we could have moved the storyline along. Yeah. I, uh, I, think, I don't think you'll think it moves slow when you find... Have you got to the episode where, where, where some piss is involved yet? Not yet. All right. Um, piss is involved. You'd, you'd know. You'd know if you had. So just, just leave that alone. I feel like um, I passed it. This, uh, no, you didn't. I think I'm um, current. Well, well, damn. If you don't remember that, then you didn't watch the show. <laughs> what the hell? Because, because like, it's a massive. It, it's that. Mo it's a massive, huge scene. It's it's incredibly scary. And then they talk about it three times after it. <laughs> oh, the the scene mechanic where they were like showing like the different instruments for like this is you know the duck sound. And then like the, as they were like playing nope. like the duck Are you talking clarinet. About the coffee. No, no, I'm not. Scene? I'm not. I'm not talking about. Yeah. Oh, did he pee in the coffee cup scene? Yeah, he made him drink his piss. I, 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 he put his junk in the. Cup. Now I know. How did you not catch that? I didn't. I didn't get that. He You're not watching the show. <laughs> I'm just. I, really I just made him some cup flavored. It would be like if we watched Game of Thrones and you thought Rob Stark was still alive. You're, it, we were all like, no, Jon Snow. We're like Jon Snow or Khaleesi, and we're just passionate. You're like, look, guys, Rob Stark is the firstborn. I don't know where you're getting off with this. <laughs> They can't usurp Rob. And we're like, the Red Wedding happened. Remember, he died and his whole family. What about the baby? The baby died too? <laughs> I tell you, he stuck his dick in that coffee yes. cup, filled her up, doop, 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 shook it off, and then provided the piss and made him drink the piss. And then he's like, don't make me drink the piss. And he I, drinks I really the piss. thought he was reacting just to the fact that his dick was in the cup recently. 
Well, then later he was like, he pissed in my coffee. He put his <laughs> in my coffee cup, and then he then made me drink it. And I, and I had to throw it away. This is the coffee cup my wife gave me. That's and you get his piss like running down his face, like when he's drinking it, not coffee. Oh Jesus! Christ. It was rough. Well, it now rough. I know what that scene's gonna be. But regardless, <laughs> I'm really, really liking the show so I'm far. Game I, of I expected it to drop off. You're rewatching it? No, I meant to oh. say I'm watching House of Cards. Uh, oh, oh! Speaking yeah. of people from Nucky Thompson's neck of the woods, I was gonna say this earlier. So the cop that was Nucky's brother, I have no problem seeing him as this asshole officer. I know what the you're guy saying. with red hair who is the writer for Claire and Frank, I cannot see him as anyone except for the guy who's like it, who runs the dock in Boardwalk Empire and has always has that little hat, and they're like, Come hey, on, Nucky. Hey, yeah, come on, hey. Nucky. You know? And come then he on, does his... Maybe, yeah. I, maybe I, you know, I, I tried to sell you out, but I'm a good guy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Little, that guy yeah, you know, Nucky, worst. we're just doing uh, our best here. There's three That's characters it. that I can think of because the other guy, the 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 Jewish partner who would who has the coffee cup provided to him, the the partner of Ewan McGregor, um, he was uh, he was the guy in New York, um, uh, in, in um, he was the rich rich guy in New York that that dealt with Nucky Thompson in Boardwalk Empire. Mm. I can't remember the character's name, but he's gained a lot of weight since since then. Like I would say, 30, 40 pounds of belly since those good old Boardwalk Empire days. And uh, one more guy that I notice constantly in everything HBO does is uh, the black guy who played Omar. I wish I knew his name. I'm going to mm-hmm. come up with it after this because I'm tired of saying the black guy who plays Omar. I don't think that's not very nice. <laughs> but he's been in every single thing, uh, every single HBO show I go back and watch. I see Omar in there. He's even in Sopranos. Omar? What yeah. Is... Sopran- uh, and there's you an episode of Sopranos. The Wire? I haven't seen The Wire. Oh, shit. Uh, the Wire is Whoa. top five all-time shows, brother. That's the shit. That the show, wire. That, that thing is that's so the well Baltimore written. cop drug show. Or yes, yeah. that's it. It's that's it. And um, shucks, I don't even. I, so I guess the basic premise is these detectives are trying to catch these Baltimore drug dealers. But I swear the story is told from both sides. You're not you're not just following the detectives. You also become one of the gangsters. And sometimes it's even hard to know who to root for. Because yeah. like you equally, know, you're you're riding that rail between the two. You get to you're right in the middle, and you get just as much law enforcement as you do gang gang uh, work. And they have similar hierarchies in both organizations, and similar issues sometimes. Power struggles. You know, maybe the boss won't listen to an underling who really knows what he's saying because he's on the ground, and and people die on both sides. This show's not still going, right? No, 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 no it's, it's it's all wrapped. It's actually a little outdated, like. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say the way they use pagers and cell phone. Like, there's some tech that's important that, yeah. uh, you know, maybe things would be different now. It's like season three when SMS even becomes a thing. And they're like, oh. they're like, they're like, what do you mean a text message? And they're like, yeah, it's like words, but it comes through a phone and you can read it. And they're like, mind blown. And then they've like got, they've got like a, the gangsters are using uh, SMS messaging and like a map of the city to coordinate their meets, and it's really complicated. The Wire is incredibly well written, and every single character grows throughout the story. There'll be some middling bullshit gangster that you don't even care about, and like three seasons in, you're like, God damn, I hope Tommy makes it, and then Tommy, <laughs> and then they'll fucking rub Tommy out, and you'll be like, God damn, they rubbed Tommy out, and, and then and it'll it'll mean something because three seasons later they'll be like. You killed Tommy. I found out. <laughs> It'll go down. It's, it's there's good a shit. pair of assassins in the wire that are just so compelling to watch. Like it, it the um, one of them's like a little girl, uh, and and it's just like, oh my god! Like they're so ruthless. They're they're psychopaths, sociopaths. They they kill without. Caring. Oh, I just figured out who you're talking about. She's not little. She's a, she's an adult. Oh, she's not tall. She's like a yeah, four foot adult. Yeah, there is a very dykey <laughs> black chick who's who, who's in her twenties or something, and she talks like this, yo. And she hangs out with a, a, a another it took black. Me dude. a couple episodes to be a hundred percent sure that's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they, um, I, you know, I was eight, I was eighty percent. I would have I would have bet the right way but I <laughs> have it locked in until later. She's pretty masculine. She's got a rough <laughs> and tough voice, and she's a, she's a drug gang enforcer. 
You know, she's the one who, she, her and her partner are the ones who go out and kill people for the gang. There's a great scene where, she, it, like, the, the episode opens up, and she's in, like, a Home Depot looking at nail guns. And she doesn't know what she's doing. And the guy comes up, and, and he's like, he gives her the, the spiel, right? He's like, ah, oh, well, this is this, and this is that. But this, this thing uses, like, 9 millimeter blank cartridges to fire nails, and it'll do concrete or wood or whatever. And, and she's like, oh, hell yeah. She's like... Roll, peels off like $400 and gives it to him. She's like, I'll take this one. He's like, no, nah, you got to take it to the counter. He's like, she's like, no, nah, no. Nah. And you keep that. You earned that money like a motherfucker. And like, she walks out and the guy's like, is that the one? She's like, yeah. Uses nine millimeter cartridges and shit. This is a Cadillac of nail guns <laughs> right here. <laughs> and they're using the nail gun for some nefarious shit. They're killing people scene. and burying them in, in uh, like these abandoned homes and then just patap, patap, patap nailing the houses up because they're like these old abandoned Baltimore row houses. That's the other thing. Baltimore is your background. And I don't know shit about Baltimore. I've, cert- I've driven through there one time. Little Fucking scary. <laughs> fucking scary. It's like right in the shadow yeah, of Washington, D.C. City. But it's just fucking scary. By it. This crack <laughs> is an incredible or, uh, or, or, uh, problem. And there's one more character who's incredible named Bubbles. He's a crackhead and he looks so much like a crackhead. Oh, Jesus, Ricky, I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't get some crack. <laughs> this, is a, this is a much more fucked up Bubbles. Uh, he's a black <laughs> dude, teeth missing, hair all crazy, and he's just all skinny and always getting his ass kicked over trying to steal crack. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> <laughs> but some way, like, like, people saw the actor in his wardrobe like on set or something or outside set, maybe smoking a cigarette, and they're trying to give him money, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm fucking HBO. I'm good. <laughs> I'm all right. Have you guys seen 12 O'Clock Boys? Nope. No, it's a, I think it's a documentary, and uh, it's about these uh, like this Baltimore culture of riding motorcycles, but they're usually dirt bikes on the street. And twelve o'clock boys are the people. It, it's hard to do, but they do a wheelie all the way up to twelve o'clock. And most wheelies are at like forty-five degrees, and uh, it, it follows this kid who like has hopes and dreams of being one of the twelve o'clock boys, and he's like twelve. And and but the seventeen year olds are like killing it, and he can do wheelies on like an ATV, and he eventually gets a motorcycle. And uh, I mean, I don't want to ruin it all, but it's really good, and it's all true. Like the, it, they just followed a, a kid around with cameras and interviewed him, and they interviewed his mom, and the kid's like fucked. Like all his priorities are screwed up, and and he he, he sucks at school if he even goes. He's, he's obviously going to grow up to be a future thief and drug dealer and the mom is like i don't know what i did wrong like i got him good shoes <laughs> i got him good shoes yeah, yeah he had like okay sne- well all right one sneakers uh, that impressed his friends right not even like I, I i kept him fed and clothed like she's just saying i got this kid impressive sneakers and he's still not coming straight in life it's like you're the worst mother ever my you God. can't win in life with a pair of Air Jordans. You're not my son. Right? All right? I, You're I, never going to be a 12 o'clock boy with that kind of attitude. <laughs> it's your brother. Uh, dude, that and, and... Like a picture on the wall of, her bro- of his brother, like, smoking a cigarette, like, at 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, doing a wheelie. Look at your brother. God rest his soul. <laughs> he knew how to use his Jordans. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, it was... It, 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 yeah, I, I don't want to ruin some of the, the highlights of it, but 12 O'Clock Boys is legit, and it opens your eyes to, like, a real fucked up community. You know, people who prioritize all the wrong things in life have no positive no, role models. And, and positive role models sounds like, you know, well, fuck, who doesn't have whatever it is? No, they're all aspiring to be the cool fuck up in the neighborhood, and uh, you, you see how that goes down. It's pretty good, 12 O'Clock Boys. I'll have to I check that out. The... Looking for another documentary to watch. Planet Earth Two is coming, or maybe it already came out. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's been coming out in episodes on BBC. Uh, oh, I need to watch that. Like, is that just yeah, like in... video porn about Earth? Is that it's, it's... the greatest animal documentary yeah. uh, series yes. ever made? It's uh, the one with David Attenborough narrating. It's in 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one with the incredibly huge budget. It's they don't they don't just go out in some wildlife preserve and get close to a bird. Like they send guys out to Mongolia. Yeah where they, they camp for, like, six months so they can get these shots of this rare reindeer and stuff. Yeah, they don't, and they the don't just get shots. Uh, chasing the lizard. Remember we watched that clip? And the lizard's, like, making that crazy escape. That, mm-hmm. that, that was from Planet Earth 2. Yeah. Um, but I want to watch it in 4K, so I'm waiting until I can get it all and uh, binge oh, watch it. that's right. It you have a 4K TV. 
I might I think I'm gonna prioritize it right after Fargo because it's like it's not just that it's cool animal footage, like to what Kyle was saying, like they spend so much time getting the animal footage that it's 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 a guarantee that you're not just gonna get to see all the cool animals, all the hits, but you're gonna get to see them doing things that we've never caught on film before. So it's like this is what a great white shark, you know, does. Uh, right after it gives birth, we've never seen this before. We have no idea. I, this is what a lizard, this I snake does when it's underground. Some sort of whale, like a sperm whale sleeping vertically or something. Did it? Did this, is this the one that followed the whale? That sounds familiar. Yeah, and, yeah like I, it is great. I, I, I don't know. Whatever reason, I'm in a mood right now to poo-poo it as all <laughs> video and lousy audio. Like it. it in the paramount oh the world. audio is the best part i could yeah. if i had a choice between watching the video without the audio of the animals doing the amazing things or listening to just the audio and no <laughs> video i would pick the latter because i would just listen to david attenborough tell me wonderful things about animals <laughs> no well, i would rather watch and just assume things be like that, this is what i bet he's doing <laughs> i i watch a lot of paramount videos great. and i bet they he mostly loves this. suck they suck. They suck. Paramotor videos are absolutely terrible. People get up there and they think that just because there's an interesting experience that they live through, that it makes for an interesting thing to watch. And it doesn't. And you know, I, I tell people, like, dude, if you want people to watch your videos, the bad news is you have to talk to them or you have to crash. The good news is you get to pick which one. And, and that's like my advice to, to paramotor people. And, and somehow that ties back to this where it's like, you know what? Just interesting visuals of like, you know, the sun setting on a lake from the sky or whatever, this like privileged perspective, not enough. You've got to I would make crash land here. I would crash every single time. I would create like a crash landing zone where I just at full speed could like eight feet off the ground and just right into a giant mattress or something. Maybe Casper would pit. get involved. You can have a foam pit in your yard that's just always there and you aim yeah. for it. Just <laughs> coming in at 45. And every video is like crash landing number eight, <laughs> and just and just a, a clip of you ah! as you come in, come in and hot. Yeah, it'd be great. I, there's there's something called SIV training. SIV is not important. It's French. I don't think it means anything. But yeah, uh -huh. uh, basically they like collapse their wing and do acrobatics and things that are very dangerous while a guy's talking you through it. And I'm told that at the end of it, it's done over water. You can throw your reserve to go for a reserve ride just to see what it's all about so that your first time ever isn't in an emergency. But it's optional. I totally want to give that a go. Like, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would want that experience big time. Like, like, cause I'd always be wondering, like, you know, it's your backup, it's your safety, but it's, un mm -hmm. it's completely untested um, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, you're you, you operating it. You know, you've never used your safety before. And that's, I don't know how many other things are quite like that, that you never get to use your safety. You know, I'm sure that like guys who are on watercraft routinely inflate, you know, if you're, especially if you do it professionally, maybe you know how to do the raft, inflate the raft. Maybe you know how to inflate your, uh, your life preserver and, you know, get the beacon going or whatever the hell, yeah. but you've never done that in your, in, in, in your sport. I'd never. like that. I was doing like mental rehearsals of grabbing my reserve and there's a handle and I went to grab it and it surprised me because it was vertically oriented instead of horizontal. And I'm like, you're clearly not practicing enough. That shouldn't be a surprise to you. Like, and then the thing in my head would like... be, would be how much force to apply to it. Because um, one thing that's always I've noticed that people get wrong is like cocking. There's a the 50 caliber machine guns. You've got to grab the charging handles up here, and it's horizontal, and you've got to pull it back to you and release. And it, it's it's hard. It's not mm -hmm. easy at all. And like I've never seen anyone who's never done it before do it the first time. They're always like. It, 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 it. And I'd be I'd be thinking the same thing with like that handle. Is it the sort of thing that you grab and then apply pressure and extend like this, or is it like that 50 cal handle where you grab it and you fucking snatch it with it's, like everything you have, you know? I've done it in practice, like in a, a simulator, which is basically like some ratchet straps that suspend mm -hmm. you. And you grab it and you it's velcroed in, so you sort of break the seal, and now your handle is attached to this chute, and you throw it into clear air. And, you know, they're like, you cannot do it in one step. You can't do it in one. And people would be like, well, I'm going to see what doing it in one works out. It doesn't work. Like, if you just try to do that, you get a really shitty throw. So, yeah, yeah you basically break the seal, throw it into clear air, and then it should start expanding and stuff. Cool. So, well, that, that would be interesting to practice. Yeah. And I'll get it on video. I, I bought a new camera, a secondary camera, so I can have one on my foot. And then I can talk to it and then like also have my point of view. I have, you know, sort of two cameras going. 
And uh, that's cool, except I have an issue. I wear these big dopey looking goggles. And when the camera didn't show me, I allow you to just imagine someone cooler. <laughs> you know? now, now that I'm actually on camera, it's like, do I have to switch to sunglasses or something that looks better? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 I haven't seen the goggles. I don't think. Um, mm. I, it, it's is it the rainbow tint thing that I saw? Because I thought that was yeah. your helmet visor. Oh, okay. No, I thought it, that was the visor of the helmet. Uh, you might be. A I didn't like. I didn't date. like look hard at it. I I, I saw a, a thumbnail and I saw like the rainbow reflecty visor thing. I um. I have one. Here, I know how I'll get you. I'll get you a picture and then I'll show it to everyone and anyone who's not on iTunes will see. I'm waiting on push. Come on, push. I know, mm. right? Uh, it's taking so long. Be <laughs> push kind of sucks. Uh, it, it seems like it fails half the time. Um, I'm waiting for it. It should beep. The uploading is... <laughs> it says it's 100% done uploading. I know. This is, is so not. compelling. <laughs> Everyone's on the edge of their seat. Like, is it going to upload? Is it going to succeed? Is it going to fail? Um, well, We're all invested in the this. Tune in watching. next time to find out. <laughs> Tune in to next PKA to see what happens with the push. The <laughs> audience has already seen. It's you guys who have not seen. So. Oh, no, Scoops. Hope they get out of this one. <laughs> yeah, fucking Casey, Casey. Will our lovable heroes be back next week? Find <laughs> out next Saturday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yeah. <laughs> we should wrap with that. I'll send you the image if push ever works. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. It's in my latest thumbnail. I could send you that too. I saw it. Yeah. I, oh. I, just, I just at first I thought it was the visor. I didn't realize it was goggles. Roger that. Yeah. No, it's their goggles. But. You know, Casey Kasem that did the voice for, uh, you know, the, the Scooby-Doo uh, show and everything. I didn't know and that. Uh, he also did the, uh, the, the, what, the weekly top 40 or what it, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, the countdown. Um, there was a dispute over his remains when he died a couple years ago abroad. And, like, I don't remember who the interested parties were, but, like, an ex-wife and his children were fighting over his body. Maybe one of them wanted him buried over there, one wanted him buried back in the States. And they basically let him liquefy in a coffin over the course of a few months. They let him liquefy. And so the Stern Show would have their Casey Kasem impressionist call in and be like, Casey Kasem, call in. in. Uh, I'm liquid, Howard. I'm liquid. <laughs> or he'd be, he'd be like, where are you this week? Well, my, my head is here and my, 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 my leg's been taken by a stray Cameroonian dog. It's been, it's been stolen. It was always something really shitty, really mean. Poor Casey. <laughs> liquefy. Still, Push hasn't uploaded yet. Sitting there at 100%. Coming? Fucking push. Yeah, yeah, All, right. All right. That was PKA 147.